Hi, I'm Michaela. And I'm Jonan. And welcome back to ABC Radio or Asian based content radio hosted by two ABCs or American born Chinese. Here's where we talk about Asian culture and media. This podcast is a collaboration between Palo Alto High School's Anthem Magazine and KPLY. Today, we will be talking about Genshin Impact, a Chinese made open world RPG. Genshin Impact was released on September 28th, 2020 for mobile, PC, and PS4 to massive success. Updating about every six weeks, the open world RPG currently has two of eight city-state areas released in the game. So something I kind of want to talk about is like the more cultural aspects of this game, and especially that it's a Chinese-made game, so it has like Chinese events, if that makes any sense. Like in other games, there would be like Christmas events or Halloween events, but something that's very distinct about Genshin Impact is that there's a Lunar New Year event, and it's very... Very Lunar New Year. It's not just like in Overwatch where they have the skins. It's actually a tradition that the characters engage in. Yeah, the um, the recent event, which was the Lantern Rite, was actually like kind of a cool event. Like there was a lot of quests to do, and they gave us a lot of stuff as rewards. But it was also just cool to see how they decorated the harbor of Ligre with their traditional decorations. Yeah, and honestly, it kind of made me feel a little nostalgic and also really sad because we couldn't really have a fun lunar. I mean, we kind of did, but we didn't really have as full as an experience of a lunar new year as we usually would have. Um, at least for my family, we always like sit down with like a huge group of people to like eat hot pot, but obviously that wasn't possible with um COVID and everything. So I mean, it's a little sad to say, but I did feel kind of like I was celebrating lunar new year while playing the game, you know. Yeah, all the quests in the game during the Lantern Rite was about bringing people together, like loves, childhood lovers, rejected lovers. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of unrequited love. Yeah, so many. <laughs> but just like families, like the, oh shoot, what's that village called? Change the Village, where there's like a bunch of old people and kids there. Yeah, that was so sad because all yeah. the young people went out to go make money at Lyria Harbor, so it just leaves everyone there alone. But so then, like the people at Lyria Harbor have to bring the festival to them, and I was just like, "Oh my god, that's so sweet," you know. And also reflective of the current China. Oh yeah. Oh oh my god, that's so true. Like they have to, <laughs> like um, in current day China. Like we talked about this in our last in our first podcast actually about how lots of people are leaving the countryside to go to the city and they're leaving their families behind yeah and so. just sorry go oh no it's just very resonant like of people wanting to still connect with their family members and stuff in the countryside it's meant to resonate with that audience i assume yeah and also like it was fun to do like the so you'd have to, a big part of it was making lanterns and delivering it to people. Yeah. Because that's how they celebrate. They, like, write wishes on lanterns and put them into the sky, which is, I think, a tradition that does happen. I don't know. It doesn't happen here because difference in country, I guess. <laughs> I know that it is something that is that happens in Taiwan, and I'm pretty sure in mainland, too. And also, let's talk about, like, the character Xiao. Um, that's something that I'm very passionate about. Okay, what do you think of Xiao in the context of the Lantern Rite? Well, I guess you could also go in general. Well, Behoyo, which is the company that produced Genshin, made this entire like character analysis essay available to us. And in it, they really talk about the, a lot of the uh, inspiration behind a lot of the characters, especially Xiao. He's 
uh, derived from many different um, myths, mythology, and in, in Chinese mythology and stuff. And I think that um, a lot of the characters in general in in Liria are obviously derived from like China and Chinese practices. And uh, the Lantern Rite, I just feel like adds an extra layer to that because you get to see the characters, Chinese-inspired characters, interact with Chinese-inspired cultures and stuff. And I think it's just really a really good part of the world building. Yeah, the whole idea of like the Qilin or the Adepti being like guardian spirits of Liria was very interesting as like a cultural aspect because those also exist like in Chinese tradition. It's nice to see people care about Chinese-inspired characters, I guess. Oh, okay. Side. Well, we're gonna we're gonna get into this. I get annoyed when people play the game with the Japanese voices. Like, I. Get oh my it. god! You have no idea how mad I get. Okay, okay, okay. Like when people. I'm sorry. You you go first. You go first. Okay, because like it's a Chinese game, but people like insist on playing it with the Japanese voices for some reason, and I don't understand the appeal of it like it's not like a dub versus sub thing where like oh yeah the anime was made in japan so it has the japanese voices because it's not even made in japan it's a chinese game i don't get it yeah exactly the same people who are like oh dub is worse than sub or which means that they want to hear their original voice actors will always defer to the to the japanese voice actors which are the dub in this case just saying well i think it's the other way around but like yeah oh i meant well yeah but they're not the original voice actors the japanese people yeah like i and i saw this tweet the other day that was like oh i tried the chinese version and the chinese version and it's just not for me it just sounds like a bunch of sounds like a uh, hello <laughs> <laughs> what do you think language is it is a bunch of sounds just because you're not used to it doesn't mean that it's okay to post that you know i think it's because like japan and korea has such like a grip on like mainstream asian language this feels kind I mean, of okay like if you're like a chinese sorry if you're like a korean or a japanese person you're like uh nah people always assume i'm chinese well i think like in a sense um when it comes to popular culture china has kind of left that sphere you know like when you think of chinese popular culture you probably think of like jackie chan and stuff like you don't really think about games or or animation or stuff like that but now that china is more industrialized it can branch out to those things now yeah and also i kind of want to talk about like the commodification of, of culture and language with genshin with people preferring the japanese version and stuff you they used to make the mis they used to make the excuse saying oh i just like the original voices better but it's become less of that and they just like they just like to consume like Japanese stuff if that makes any sense even if it's not actually Japanese they like to pretend it is and because they just feel like oh yeah Japanese is for my consumption that's why they're so used to it you know yeah and I kind of want to touch on the fact that like the next country that should be released in Genshin Inazuma I want to see how they do Inazuma I think they'll do a good job with Inazuma because like in the Xiao um, character story they said that they spent a lot of time researching the characters and the mythology and they said they'll do it for every single country so i'm actually very excited to see what what they come up with yeah but like my like i'm just i don't know it's would be interesting to see like what the actual reaction to it is oh i know what the reaction is people are just going to completely forget <laughs> about um Liria. Liria, and they're just gonna be like holy crap they're gonna be like holy crap japan 
and then oh god I'm not excited I'm just not excited like literally people like if there's like a ha- like okay you know like that meme where it's like place and then it's like no one reacts but then place Japan everyone reacts yeah. I feel like it's gonna be a lot of that like there's gonna be so much hype for the Japanese characters well the, the Inazuma characters not that that's a bad thing but like it's gonna be more than the quote-unquote Chinese characters or the quote-unquote Monsat characters specifically because people are just have this unhealthy relationship with Japan, you know, as a concept. But yeah, I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm not excited. I'm, I'm excited for Inazuma. I'm just not excited by uh, how certain people will react to it. I mean, like, it does seem like they do know, or like they did do their research on the culture, though, with like the whole like idea of like, the Bakufu and all that. Yeah. I mean, of course they did. I have to say, Mihoyo for a big corporation really does care about their product. I don't think they're actually that big of a corporation, though. Oh, well, as a corporation. Okay, so out of context here, I've seen, like, anime YouTubers, like, as a genre. Is that a genre? I don't know. <laughs> like, as, like, a group, I guess. They've, like, been sponsored by Honkai before. Whoa, no way. Yeah, like, which I find kind of interesting, because, like, I don't know. They're not like it's not technically anime because it's from china but at the same time its art styles are so similar that i think that's why they kind of target that audience yeah also apparently like in the apparently they really hype up like mihoyo itself also really hypes up the japanese voice actors i think they know what audience they're playing to and that's kind of sad that they would have to do that yeah because like a character like bennett everyone knows him by that one japanese voice line (laughs) Yeah, and it's like, what the f- like, I, whatever. I, um, <laughs> I just wish people would appreciate their original voices, that's all I have to say. I also have to say, I think this is the first game that was made by, like, a Chinese company that has reached this level of recognition. Yeah, because- like, Yeah, usually video games, and especially RPGs, are usually in Japan's department, um, but- I'm actually kind of, I don't know if it's, like, weird of me to be, like, happy, but I am kind of happy that, like, it's gotten to the point where other countries can make these type of RPGs as well. Yeah, China, historically, with video games, have been, like, kind of super weird about it. Like, mm-hmm. they had, like, a ban on, like, consoles for, like, a long time. Yeah, to, like, ban, like, they, they were trying to, like, curb, like, addiction, but obviously kind of backfired, because, like, you can't just, like, because people are going to find a way to access video games even if you ban consoles which is why pc games are so popular in china it's like prohibition (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's like the prohibition but like like, oh i don't know it's interesting to see a chinese company like what they come up with for like a game like this that's reached such popularity yeah this has been abc radio with michaela sia and jonan fo thank you for listening